Hey guys, welcome to the CP Junkie podcast, where we bring you interviews with dentists sharing their CPD stories and journeys from around Australia. What better way to learn than to follow those who've already done it before? CPD Junkie is Australia's most comprehensive CPD, so head over to cpdjunkie.com.au and become a member for free to access the full features of the site. I'm your host, Lawrence Stone, and today we are joined by Malak Fuda. She graduated from the University of Queensland in 2018. Since then, she's been working in private practice in Ipswich. Malak has been involved in the ADAQ since she was a student and is currently the convener of the 2020's recent graduates and students committee. Malak has conducted webinars for ADAQ and articles for the Dental Mirror. Alongside this, she is on the CPD and DPC committees at ADAQ. She is currently working with the ADA and ADC on new projects to help recent graduates. She enjoys working with students and recent graduates to help make their transition from university to work as smooth as possible. Dr. Malak Fuda, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. So, you've got a special interest in aesthetic dentistry and oral surgery. Tell us a little bit about your CPD um, or dental journey. My dental journey, so CPD journey started in 2019 when I graduated. I started working for Nov Kashyap and, and Nov has a very good mentoring program. Um, it was, the first year was intense with CPD. Everything was um, focused on getting your basics correct and as, as good as possible. So we did a lot of communication courses that was the main focus. I did Mark Hassad's course. I did Jesse Green's communication courses. And there was a really big focus on that. I did CEREC courses. We did a lot of CEREC in the practice. Um, and then, of course, like, and I think also working with No, I got exposed to a lot of oral surgery and, and wisdom teeth, because that's his thing. And he doesn't practice much now anymore, but he'll sort of ask me to line up some cases and then he'd come in. He, I'd watch him do it so I could get lots of good observation and then I'd take on a case and he'd be in the next room and then slowly, slowly like building me up that way. Um, yeah. And restorative side, so aesthetics, I work with Sahil. So you just got to get into it with Sahil, like observing him all the time um, and then just being part of his courses. So his anterior course on composite veneers and on like building up myself and then also um, ceramic veneers and how to like prep well um uh, his posterior composite courses his wax up courses so i've been through all of that like multiple times i think i've done them like four or five times now um and i just learn something new every time so that was like the beginning of my journey right so let's let's bring it back to the communication yeah. side of things right so yeah communications seems like it was a pretty big um it was a big component of dentistry i would say as well yeah and like you said it was an early part of the mentoring program um, that you focused on. So you did that and you did the Jesse Green one. Did you feel like there was overlapping things in there or did you feel like, you know, it was building on each other? It was building on each other, but also it's good to know the two different techniques that they both use because they both cover such a wide range of different patients. And then having them together, it just expands your skill set and communication. And communication, I think, is everything in dentistry. Like being able to deal with a difficult patient being able to communicate consents properly, everything like that just helps so much. Like definitely they both complemented each other really well. 
Mm, okay. And um, given your past history as human resource personnel like KPMG, do you think that's helped uh, in your ability to communicate with patients earlier on and or even breaking bad news? I think my short-lived career in KPMG helped me in terms of like, I do like admin and I think that helped me be, be part of the coordinator for the mentoring program that I'm now part of. Being able to coordinate, being able to do paperwork, being, I, I love that stuff. Like, I love paperwork. It sounds so boring, but like if I finish my patient early, I'll walk them out and like book the next appointment in and like check them out, everything. I just enjoy that. And um, so I think KPMG helped me with that. But yeah, I see what you mean, like communicating with a range of people. Yeah, it did help. Fair enough. So, I mean, okay, so the mentoring program um, wasn't quite developed yet at the time when you joined, right? But then you helped refine it over time. I mean, we'll talk a little bit more about it at, um, a little bit later on, but, you know, tell us how uh, you've structured it to see how your mentoring program is um, now. So now it incorporates, it's a similar things that I went through in the course, but it started off with like, it was really small when I first joined, like it was me and like two other grads and it was still fortnightly meetings and we'd all meet up with like no Sahil and like a few other dentists and talk through cases. And then we you know we do like an anterior course and posterior composite course. And, you know, we still covered everything, but now the way we've structured it is so good. It flows really well. So we start with communication and photography on the same day and we really just get it all of that and just see how those two complement each other. And then we start doing like the anterior composite course one day, including Facebook and how to really just really capture everything. And then posterior composite course, the wax up course. Um, we do the rubber dam course, of course. So we have to have a rubber dam course with Sahil running the program. And um, the CEREC course is really important as well. We do that early on. Um, and then now we've introduced like an endo course with microscopes. And we've introduced um, restoring implants as well as a component to it, which is pretty good. Mm. We're talking about the endo side of things, because I mean, I, you've actually watched and assisted um, Dr. Sayo using the microscope at one point, right? Yeah. How's that? I mean, okay. uh, yeah. And then, I mean, you've also done other endodontic courses as well, haven't you? Yes, I did the Patrick Caldwell course. Um, it's actually pretty funny. I've got a story for this one. Sure. Um, that Pat, um, Dr. Caldwell was doing a course with ADA, like a certain weekend. I think it was ADA, I can't remember. He was in Brisbane and he was doing this course. And it was on the same weekend that like so many other dentists were off work. And I was, the, I was a new grad at the time and I was the only one working that day. Or and I remember asking for time off to go to that course. And the course was like super expensive, but I was like, I'm into endo, this is my good special interest and all that. <laughs> and and I messaged no no never says like no for time off like he'll always say yes and then especially for CPD he'll always say yes but this time he was like listen like it's, it's you're the only dentist on like it's, it's kind of important for you to say but like leave it with me I'll work something out so I didn't go to that course but then he called Dr. Caldwell and he came into our practice and did a one-on-one -on -one session with me and like <laughs> other new grad and like it was so good like it was so it was so good and I highly recommend his course like it was it was yeah it was so specific yeah. <laughs> that's a one-on-one -on -one tutoring with endo hey 
And um, what what do you feel like you took away from it that was um, amazing about it? I really enjoyed the basics of how he broke things down. How he was like, this is how you do an access cavity for this tooth and this tooth and this tooth. He did lectures on how to do it and then hands on on how to do it. And I haven't like, it just changed the way I do access cavities. And I'm not scared of that part of endo anymore. Like, you know, it's always quite scary of getting the right angle. Don't want to perforate early on. We don't perforate at all, but don't want to perforate early on. And then we actually went through the sizes and, you know, and just even just going through it and how gently he was explaining it. He just made it seem like a step-by-step process. It's not something that, you know, this is what could go wrong here. This is what could go wrong here, but this is how you try and avoid it. Or this is how you minimize the risk of perforation. And Mm. it helped me a lot in my first year, yeah. Right. It was kind of good to kind of give you a bit of foresight, I guess, so that you can minimize or avoid making those mistakes. 100%. Mm. So, I mean, you mentioned, you know, you would attend Sahil's courses over and over again. Um, how did you find that? I mean, because when we t- we've talked previously with Michelle as well about um, how she found that attending the courses the second time, she found it was a lot, built her confidence up more. Um, it's made her feel a lot more comfortable. She took out more points out from it the second time than she did the first time. I 100% agree with that. The second time you do one of Sahil's courses, you just, you pick up the little things as well. And those are the things that get you excited to go to work the next day so you can implement them. And um, yeah, definitely take out more every time you go in. Like it was, it's so good. It's so detailed. Like even his wax up course, like I could do that one forever. Like you just keep doing it. You just keep getting better at it. And, it's really good. Fair enough. Yeah. So implants. I noticed you've attended a, another implant course recently or something. Yes, I did the Australian Implant Academy course, the AIA course, and with Dean Lysablatt in Sydney. So good. So this was the most advanced course that I've done. And it was like the beginner introduction to implants. This across three stages. So I've done the first course. So good so good he dean goes through everything so it's a team so dean and ned Rustam they run the course um and then they had guest speakers so they had tom giblin come in and he talked to us about occlusion which was incredible um we had nor tariff come in orthodontics and he talked to us about that we had um james whelan's come in and talk about endo so it was it was such an extensively informative course and it was hands-on as well and so it starts off with talking about like medical history, you know, what patient is suitable for implant, what patient isn't suitable for implant, what is an implant, what are different types of bone grafts, what's suitable when, um, so good. And then you did hands-on suturing with actual like different materials um, and then placing real implants into like different types of bone, it, really good. And then taking an implant impression. I think it was honestly so good. Like I left the course just wanting to do implants so much and since then I've done a couple and I've even I've even like messaged Dean like look I did my first implant and and he's been so supportive he's so kind and supportive like I do recommend that course a lot I'm excited for part two <laughs> so um you know in this day and age there's so much you know content so many CPD different courses out there you know how should dentists think about choosing their CPD I think choose what interests you 
I mean, for me, that's really what I've gotten into is what interests me, what I, where I want to take my career next, but also things that I don't know much about. Like I signed up to um, Leo's Perio course um, it didn't go ahead because of COVID, but like I'm really interested to know more about Perio. Like I want to know more about that. Um, with Dean's implant course, like I wanted to know more about that. Mm. Um, I've done a few like clear aligner courses that I haven't implemented yet, but you know, just things that interest you that even that maybe you just don't know enough about that you want to go down that route. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean. You, you've so you're, what you're saying is basically trying to focus in on those interests, but you know, um, don't narrow it down. Try doubling a few other things, and then you might figure out whether that's for you or not for you. Exactly. Yeah. Hmm. So, in terms of you know the aesthetic and oral surgery side of things, so how would you say more specifically you've kind of built up more confidence in it? Because you know we've seen some of your um, posts online in terms of full mouth rehab cases. For that, what I did was I observed Sahil a lot. Um, so I would come in on my days off and it was like he was my CPD almost. Like I would just watch him work, his workflow, how he analyzed cases, his diagnosis, his wax up, him, he does it in his free time, like how he looks at a case. And what I did was I saw that gentleman that I um, did the full mouth rehab on um, last year. He, when he came in, I sort of saw his case, I took models, took pictures, took all the diagnostics that I was taught how to do, and then presented it to Novan Sahel and was like, this is the case. What are the steps? If I was to take on a case like this, like what would we need to do? What do I need to do next? What's this, what's that? And then I booked in the patient with, um, with a, on a day that Sahel was working. And then I sort of just got Sahel to come in as well and just do like a double consultation and then talk through it. And then that's when we ended up really just starting that case and doing like the face bow, the waxing up, um, all that and then articulation. And yeah, it was it was good. And so I really just, I didn't do it solo. And um, I definitely had a lot of support with it. I think you can't do something like that solo in your first year out or second year out even. Like it's always good to include um, mentors in it. Mm. Um, digital dentistry. I mean, I saw you recently posted about your partial dentures, you know, scanning with that one. How you're embracing digital dentistry? Because there's not a lot of CPD on that at the moment. I love prime scan. I love scanning. It's so much fun, especially now that there's a lab close by. Um, we use um, Premium Dental Lab, and I scan everything, scan stuff, and then they're always like, "You can't scan this." I'm like, "But I'll scan it anyway, and just give it." A I think with scanning, it's just experience. Like you just keep just try. Um, the CPD that I got for scanning was, I did the Seric course with Serona, um, so that was good. Um, but we just try it and just talk to the lab about it. And the lab was really open to accepting Corbett crumbs that are scanned. And, and I had a patient who was just a real bad gagger and he just couldn't do impression materials. Like that was just the no-go. Um, so I just gave it a go and it worked. And so I've just been doing it since. Wow, okay. Um, so, yeah, of all those CPDs, was there a particular CPD that was a game changer for you? I think they've, they've, in the beginning, like when I first graduated, I think definitely like Sahil's courses, the posterior composite was, was so needed. The posterior composite definitely was a game changer at that point. And then second year, his anterior composite course, that I think has really, like I love now doing composite um, veneers, 
and really enjoy that. Um, then I think now, like the AIA course, I think Dean's course, definitely, like in this chapter of where I'm at, that's been a game changer. So I think in different years, there's been different game changing courses, if that makes sense. Mm, yeah. I mean, because I guess you felt like that, would you say that was um, an area that you felt you weren't quite comfortable and confident with? And then that's why um, that was that particular CPD. Um, was able to help catapult the way you saw it differently or do it differently. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it, definitely. Mm. So, um, you know, you how would you say you would try to get the most out of your CPD, whether it be during the CPD or after the CPD? I think during the CPD, just ask a lot of questions. Pretend that the patient's coming in the next day and like, what you, like, do you, are you confident to do this? Are you confident to do that? or what skill, what, are there any gaps that are missing in your knowledge? Because I find that mentors want to answer questions, like they want to get you Monday ready for it. Um, so that's what I do during the CPD. After the CPD, just try and implement it as soon as possible, I think, before you forget it. Mm. And so I guess you're talking in terms of the implants and all of that as well. Um, having that lined up as if with the, um, after you've done your um, implant CPD. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. I mean, one of the tricky things for graduates, I guess, is um, having this the setup, you know? How is that? I mean, because getting an implant set up is quite tricky at times, especially if the practice uh, may not be doing it or they might not be doing that particular system that you might be introduced to. Yeah, definitely. I think I have... Um, so Alvin Wong works in the clinic as well for Nov. And he he's he's amazing at implants. Like he's placed thousands of implants. So he's sort of my my mentor now. Like he is my mentor now. So he's teaching me how to do things as we go. And um, and so his system is obviously a little bit different than what was touched on at the AIA. But in the AIA, they talked about different implant systems. It wasn't like this is the system that we're only going to teach you and you're not going to learn anything else. It was it, it was more like the concepts that you could take and implement it there. And um, with yeah, like we were lucky that Alvin's in our group that he could sort of, he has the stuff set up. Um, I don't know what it would be like if it was solo. Um, I think that's trickier. Hey, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you've also mentioned that uh, the ortho ones, the clear aligner ones, weren't CPDs that you felt was as beneficial or um, you could implement at the time. But is there any other ones that you felt was also the case and you would do differently next time? I think I think for the I just so I did clear clear correct and sure smile, and I think it's so good to know. Like I'm so glad that I did the courses because I can explain it to patients. Like what is a clear aligner? How it will will it move your teeth and whether they're suitable or not for a clear aligner and where to refer them <laughs> if they want the clear aligner. But it's just not something that I found that I have done yet or that I'm confident enough to take on. I think with that, I'll either need a few more courses or just like the perfect diastomic to take on. Mm. <laughs> so, you know, obviously, um, the, so I, just to paint a picture here, basically when you started out, you obviously had a the, had the mentoring program at work, right? So that was kind of a good step in guiding step so you didn't have to um, try to figure out what kind of um, CPDs to kind of do. Um, but how did you go ahead and, you know, pick the other ones outside the program? 
I think with that, it was the ADAQ has been really good for that as well. So I, um, like you said, like I've done a lot of webinars for them. So naturally through that, I sat through a lot of CPD. Um, and so for that, like I did a lot of oral, like oral med with Sarah Chaw, like that was so interesting um, and something that you do see often. Um, pain management with Geraldine Moses was really good. And that was during like peak Corona time, like last year. Um, and that's when we sort of were locked down. Well, I say peak in Queensland because that's when we were locked down, but I know other states are locked down now. Hope you guys are okay. But that's when we had to really do like a lot of pain management only stuff. Um, and Nico Ball uh, did her ergonomics and stress management course as well. So I kind of just got lucky with it um, in terms of I sat through a lot of really good CPD um, and then just followed up from that. Mm, right. Well, I mean, hey, you helped create that program or choose help select these kind of um, presenters as well. So I want to ask, you know, um, on your thoughts on mentoring, creating a mentoring program, because, you know, what do you think owners um, who are looking to set up a mentoring program should envision or what do you think makes a good mentoring program? I think what makes a good mentoring program it has to be a combination of checking in with cases as well. So there is a lot of hands-on here. There's a lot of hands-on, but also in the mentoring program, what we do is every other week, we get together on Friday after work and just go through cases. And you learn, and each person stands up, presents their case on like a PowerPoint with you know pictures and explains what So you learn through each other's cases as well, because you're not exposed to enough cases. So I'd say if you're if an owner's like running a mentoring program, make sure you incorporate that as well as having great speakers come in and do hands-on workshops and lectures. It's also to just talk through cases, talk through, and sometimes it's really simple things like how do I get contact from this to that to or this the carries is really deep here. How do I seal this? Like things like that. It's so important in the first few years. Um, mm. So I'd say definitely focus on that. It's not just like the big things, but it's just the simple things and talking about it. Mm, yeah, I guess for a lot of um, senior clinicians, they may forget about what it's like to come be out in the early stages. Um, and things that might seem so bread and butter uh, might actually be, you know, need to be expanded on and explained on a little bit more. Exactly. Yeah, because you've mentioned, you know, before, you know, you've been sending x-rays, images to other dentists as well and specialists to kind of um, find out and benefit your own crown preps and access cavities, right? Yes. So, and at work, we have, because it's a group of like 35 plus dentists, we have a WhatsApp group and that's when we can sort of ask questions or even just submit things like, hey, what do you think of this? Or how can I do this better? Or do you think this is you know too long or too short or things like that um so that's been so beneficial and just it reflecting back and just helps you like pick up things that you might have missed i think that's been really good but also i use the network of specialists around us like i sent an image to like dr hawthorne who's a max fax in, in brisbane and i just sent a picture of something and i was like should i refer this like what do you think is happening here and you know and then he took me through it and it was all like a text so it was all really nice and even like Dr. Singh and the dentist who's close by, like I sent him pictures of like, you know, teeth and I've been like, hey, what do you think of this? Or should I do this, should I do that? And, and like, everyone is so friendly, like in the dental community, like, so nice and just wanting to help. So, so 
good but oh that's great that's great that you've been uh, reaching out um because sometimes we can definitely feel when you're a new grad you're stuck and then um the specialists are there you just have to give them a call and then you know um connect with them either online or send them get their phone number to send them an image or an email or something like that yeah exactly networking is so important i think like that's one of the main things that like i've learned mm. so talk to me about these struggles that you've had you know through your cpd or dental journey so far um well i make a lot of mistakes and i like as we all do earlier on yeah yeah i'm still either yeah it's it's how i learn it's how i learn like i think yeah just getting back up just trying it again not letting it put you off asking for help asking for feedback you know you messed up like how can i get better what would you do to avoid this like when i make a mistake like everyone knows i've made it because i'm sure i get tips from every single person i know on how to avoid doing this again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, okay. So what you're saying is like you've made the mistake, right? Um, you know it's something that's there. So then you're like, I guess you take a record of it. Do you take a photo of it or something like that? And then you just go back and ask what you've just mentioned on the on the um, WhatsApp or what's chat, and then you ask them, hey, look, I want to improve on this. I had these issues here, and what are your suggestions? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, pretty much. So what I did for the first two years was I had a logbook where I would sort of have the x-ray intraoral image because I would just take that standard for like everything that I do pretty much. And then like brief history of like what was happening with the tooth. And then like if I took a post-op pic, I'd put that in there as well or like a post-op x-ray, it depends on what it is. But then I would just talk through what went right and what went wrong. Um, and then if it's something that I just can't figure out what went wrong or how I could avoid doing that, I, that's when I start asking like a lot of people mm. outside of the mentoring program even. Mm-hmm. I, I still ask dentists in our group, but just, you know, it's the last ever everyone pretty much and like how I can avoid that. Um, and then this year I've just been keeping a log of like wisdom teeth and like things like that. That's the, I've been keeping a log on like how I can do it better. Right. I mean, look, I don't know what it's like at, at UQ, but when I graduated from Adelaide as well, that was definitely something that we were doing back at uni. It's interesting that you continued it. I love it. It's the only way I can keep a record of how I'm doing because you forget, like you think you re- you'll remember this mistake forever, but sometimes you forget and then you do it again and you're just like, oh, I knew I should have avoided this. But I think it's just the little things that you just help because then you just read over it and you're like okay no this is what went right this is what went wrong need to this is the tips on how i can make it better and then you just avoid that mistake Mm. i like reflecting a lot (laughs) and that's and that's fine um you you've mentioned in our talk recently or in the past sorry to new you know new graduates or recent um um or senior um high students sorry i'm trying to say the right word here that gpas are not that important and you know make time for hobbies for habits um tell us more yeah i think we get a lot of questions because you know we've just put a job ad out um because our group's expanding and we are hiring you guys and people always ask like my gpa is not the highest like would you even consider the application and it's like yes like that's not what we look at at all like i i think in the interview and when we're deciding like to hire someone it's personality it's culture fit it's 
you know, will you get along with the dentist or you take on feedback? What's your attitude like? Um, it's never like, what was your GPA? Were you in the top five? That's not it. And I think investing in your hobbies, in your outside of dentistry is really good because then when you start work, that's your stress relief. That's what you, that's what you do to wind down. And it's so important to have something to wind down to after a really long day. Mm, fair enough. Yeah, I guess sometimes, you know, we can kind of get caught up in um, the clinician side of things and we forget we're a little bit more than just about dentistry. Yeah, and that's why communication is so important. And like, and that's why like, you, you know, like going full circle again, like that's one of the main CPDs um, that I think we focused on is communication. And it's, it's not about, you know, communicating jargon through, it's about how you can simplify everything you've learned to talk to a patient about it. Mm. So, what does your current ideal clinical day look like? Type of procedures you're getting up to? Currently, mm. I like being on my feet. So, currently, I really like jumping between procedures. So, I like an extraction and then a filling and then a root canal and then a crown prep and then the emergency and then the child. And the, I like being on my, I like the jumpiness of it, of like this and then this and then this. Like, I like the go, go, go side of it right mm -hmm. now. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, then share with us what you hope your ideal clinical or non-clinical day might look like in five years' time and what kind of CPD do you want to do to kind of get to that point? So I think I definitely will keep, like, I want to do more implant CPD. Um, I want to follow Dean's course. So like, um, Dean licensed that's like part two course and then his part three, which is going to be like the full rehab with implants and everything so I'm excited about that one and um, once I think I, I finish that course I would like my day to be more of like a whole day like half a day of just one patient and then half a day the, another patient like really big procedures but just chill in terms of like I never have time pressure like I've never had any time pressure at work it's not something that I do but I do like to always look at the time and just you know go to like you know what I mean? Be conscious of it. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you don't want it to like, um, you know, be dictating you, but you just want to be conscious of, you know, because if you have too much time, sometimes I feel like you just wander off, yeah. like you slow down a little bit too much. Whereas like, you know, when you're kind of like, okay, I kind of see it. Look, I'm spending a bit too much time here or yeah. 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 Like when that, that case you mentioned like before we have case, I did another one um, earlier this year. And mm -hmm. it was like the patient was booked in literally from like nine to four p.m. And that was intense. Like we did have a break in the middle, but because of the amount of work, that was a big day. And I, I do think of having like one or two of those days five years down the track would be good. Like I did enjoy it. I enjoyed it a lot. But I just mm -hmm. not, not every day at this. Point. Not every day. Yeah. I'll yeah. That, like later. Just like, <laughs> <jumping> now. <laughs> Yeah, no, nah, that's fair enough. So tell me about a little bit more about the ADAQ inside of things, you know, because you're currently the recent graduate and students um, committee convener as well. What are the, you know, what's on the horizon? So it's really, so what we're working on and like we're working with the CPD. So I'm on the CPD committee and, and the CPD sort of like panel now is we're trying to work together to form a study club. Um, sort of like what you guys have in New South Wales, 
um, a study club for recent graduates. So we had that a few years ago, but then it sort of fell apart and we're bringing it back together where it can be just dedicated CPD for recent graduates. Um, so it should be good. And talk, talk to me about, you know, because you run a Viva prep um, sessions for uni students. Tell me a little bit about that. Yes, yeah, so we're running one um, in a few weeks. So it'll be me and Nora. So me and Nora are both examiners, like UQ Viva examiners. Um, so we sort of been on like both ends of it now. And so we're doing these webinars to sort of just run through scenarios and talk through it. So Nora and I are going to break it up so that, you know, she's an examiner, I'm a student and how I would answer her questions and then flip it around and then she'll answer certain questions and we'll just talk about the breakdown because sometimes vibes can just feel so overwhelming and you're sort of thinking it's going to be so hard it's going to be so hard and really it's just a discussion and so we're just going to go through some like main points and how we felt we dealt with vibes and mm, fair enough so you know um you're a previous uh uq dsa media officer What's your favorite social media platform that you use now? Instagram. Yeah? yeah? So what's your favorite filter on it? I have so many. I have, there's a filter for every day. There's a filter <laughs> for every day and for every mood. No, always. <laughs> I said I was trying to get a filter on Zoom. I was like, if only I could get my Instagram filters on here. Like, yeah, no, filters. Yeah, I know you're a fan of filters. That's why I asked. <laughs> So I know you also like dental related punny jokes. So I'm just gonna try my luck here, yeah? Okay, so what do you call a bear with no teeth? What do you call a bear? A gummy bear. <laughs> I mean, what do you what do you call a dentist's advice? Their philosophy. <laughs> so, you know, of the two, do, do you give me a thumbs up or like a half or a bit down? Oh, good. It's going to be my next caption on like a picture that I post. This is awesome. Like, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Dr. Malafuda, thank you for coming on the show today. If you could let the people know how they can find you and what's kind of going on in your life. Thank you so much. Um, you can find me on Instagram. So at M-M-Fuda, F-O-U-D-A-A. So double A, double M in the beginning. Um, right now, we are looking at applicants for our new job that we just posted out on DPR. Um, so yeah, feel free to apply if you're a new grad. Even recent grads were accepting positions. But yeah, reach out there or you can message me on Facebook, Smalafuda, pretty boring, but yeah. <laughs> if you like this episode, drop a comment below on your favorite part or leave a review. Don't forget to share it with your friends and we'll see you in the next episode of CP Junkie Podcast.